Welcome to the Underground Click Podcast. I'm owner, operator, CEO, Killer Motherfucking King. Sitting in with me today, we got motherfucking Muse. Yo. And today, we got him out on, on, on a, a sicky Shrek leave, if you will. Shrek will be with us uh, next week. But sitting in, we got motherfucking Ram Jam back in the house. Hey, what up? <laughs> so, yeah, today we're going to... Uh, we're gonna switch up what we normally do on you guys, and we're gonna we're gonna uh, shift into another gear and uh, uh, more shows in different formatting. And today we're gonna go a trip down memory lane because my buddy happens to like saved a good deal of all of his ticket stubs. So uh, we're we're gonna uh, sift through that and we're gonna compare because we've gone to a lot of these same concerts and stuff, or are going going to see the same bands along our journey through the underground music and stuff. So uh, we're, we're going to share concerts that we've been to, you know, just like you guys, the listeners in the fucking trenches, you know, before I became Killer Motherfucking King. Well, even though I started rapping real young, I, honestly, I was already a rapper still doing this. But I was still going, showing support at the fucking shows, none the fucking less. So how the fuck are you guys doing today? Pretty good. How about you? Bueno. I mean, it's another day, another dollar. Colder than fuck. It is. It is absolutely frigid. Long pause. Long pause. Long pause. Long, Long pause. pause. Well, I'm waiting for you guys <laughs> to fill the fuck in because you obviously see me doing work. I got two other mouths here. I don't have to be the other one rambling, guys. <laughs> you guys are sitting in two for a reason. You guys got. You guys got mouths that that, that, that work quite well. Nah, nah, anybody who knows Killen knows that he doesn't ever shut up, so it's hard to tell when not friends. <laughs> it is. It is. It's very true. The, uh, yeah, sometimes I get a word you, in advice. You, you sometimes pause for a long period of time because you're processing the next ramble. Right, exactly. <laughs> All right, goes back. So, yeah. <laughs> God damn it, Jerry. Speaking of which... After we did that, I actually got someone to follow me that was hashtag damn it Jerry, and I thought we were in trouble for a second. <laughs> I was just like, oh shit, it's got back to Jerry. <laughs> he knows about it. We're in the trouble. goblins in our cease and desist emails <laughs> in no time. Or send him a fucking deluxe pack of hot dogs. <coughs> right. They're probably just happy we give him so much awesome publicity. <laughs> Go watch their show. It's far superior. Right now. No, not really. This is the best one. But yeah, yeah, started a long, long time ago because uh, my journey to uh, underground music and stuff actually started through uh, uh, my the, the the benefits of having having an older brother. I haven't talked about the older older brother yet on the podcast, so uh, it's time to give my older brother the shine because he's actually the reason I'm 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 the the the, the rapping monster I am today. Believe it or not. To, to, to some extent, because he was the one that introduced us to, to the, the glorious uh, music he was listening to. Of uh, I remember vividly the first two music videos he ever showed me in the first day was, I, I, I'm going to date myself, but back in the day there was this thing called The Box. They just showed music videos on TV. I remember TV. The Box. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, he showed me things that I, I remember vividly, two vi music videos. One was, hey, you need to learn to dance like this guy. And it was Vanilla Ice. <laughs> and then he was just like, yo, you need to check this shit out. And it was Chicken Hunt and St. Cloud Posse. The rest, I'm pretty sure you can fill in the fucking blanks. <laughs> but we, we kind of owe the, the, the debt of gratitude to our underground music, uh, especially my, my, my friends that I also infected 
with that said knowledge from my older brother. So benefits of having an older brother when you're younger, corrupting the youth. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you for that. Think about I how I literally would not be the person he I am today. Yeah. He showed to two people from opposite spectrums who ended up coming together later in their careers. Mm -hmm. yeah. Call that foresight. Yeah, exactly. That streaks back all right. <laughs> but yeah, thanks to my older brother. Uh, that, that, that's the reason I got to start my, uh, my journey down the, the, the music, if you will, because I think he played Carnival of Carnage for me when I was in the first grade. Ringmaster second. And it was like beginning of third and fourth grade, I think Riddlebox came out. And that's when I was like full on hooked. And me and my little brother got the airbrush shirts that our dad bought for us from, from the uh, Northtown Mall back in the day. So we had that bootleg shit because we didn't know how to get a, a hold of actual legitimate band merch back as when, fucking kids. Dude, back when there were fucking kiosks doing fucking airbrushing literally everywhere. You fart too hard and a fucking kiosk would show up airbrushing t-shirts. Right, exactly. You get anything you fucking wanted. They didn't care about licensing rights or nothing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, my little brother got the badass uh, Riddlebox ripoff shirt. And I just got the other cool clown. It was a random, like, Vato clown design. So I'm, like, walking around with the Vato clown on, like, not even giving a fuck. Because, A, I didn't know. I'm a fucking kid. But, yeah, so oh, I, I had the other only cool, wicked-looking clown that they had airbrushed on my T-shirt with ICP underneath it. Oh, why did that <laughs> sound like them little fucking, uh, you remember those uh, little uh, gangsters that you would get out of gumball machines? Yeah, exactly. Clowns and shit? Yeah, exactly. It was exactly like What that. the fuck were those called? I can't Homie make. clowns, I think. Homies. I think homies. It, was homies. It, was homies, it was homies, but, yeah. yeah. It had, like, a whole line of fucking yeah, different little went to, like, clowns and shit, yeah. With clowns with the Z yeah, and gold chains on them yeah, and all that yep. shit. Exactly. <laughs> the good times, the 90s times. But yeah, that, that that's how I started with ICP and shit was thanks to him. And then thanks to him, I, I was a ruffian and we were going to concerts at like 13 and 14 that we shouldn't have been at, aka ICP shows at the Seagate Center. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom, uh, rest her soul, she did not give a fuck because at that time, I was free from the wicked stepdad's clutches. So she was just like, if you can fucking get there, you can go. And my fat ass with all of my juggalo homies literally walked from the suburbs all the way down to the fucking the Toledo sports arena and then walked all the way back. Like it wasn't three in the fucking morning and we weren't 14 and had to go to school probably the next day soaked in fucking Fago. Okay. Now let's be honest. I knew all of the people you're talking about. Y'all didn't go to school the next day. You might've had to go to school the next day. Y'all didn't go to school the next that's day. That's true. That's true. I'm acting like we were good scholars. Nope. My mom also didn't give a fuck if I went to school. <laughs> so there was that. I was the good one out of the group because I actually went every day. Yeah. I didn't do good, but I went. Yeah. It was the thought that counts. Yeah. yeah. It was the sleeping <laughs> on the desk being in the attendance that counted. Yeah. A for effort, damn it. But I remember yeah. having my friends had to be in the special classes where they paid you just to go to DM school. And they still didn't go to DM school. <laughs> right. That's what I called beating the system. <laughs> You're going to pay me to go? And your Fuck friends off. are calling you at 14, like, hey, I'm buying weed because the school paid me. <laughs> yeah. Like, damn, how do I get in on that? Right? Well, where's the opportunity here? 
Well, see, you had to be secretly smart, and they knew that you were smarter than the grades you were putting up because I, I was in this racketeer as well. I didn't actually get to go through with it because I never went to Clay because, you know, mom moved me from, from the, the suburbs we were at at 13 to, to the east side. So, yeah, we, we had that that gear shift, if you will, along the way. So, yeah, that was always uh, different, and it, it made my walk to and from the, the concerts a lot less. So I was oh, happy yeah. as a fat kid. And East then they side, all just started crashing at my house. And then it turned into uh, Killer King's fucking uh, party fucking palace pretty much because my mom was never fucking home. <laughs> yeah, East Side was like an excellent hub back then for getting anywhere that yeah. like, any underground shows were going to fucking happen. Well, I lived right there on 5th and Euclid. So it was oh, yeah. literally... Cut around the corner where at Frankie's go down two and a half more blocks. Boom, Sports Arena where we see all of our concerts. So we was far. I made Sports oh, Arena. You're forgetting a venue, a very important venue from back then. And that's the main event. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anybody who was anybody was coming to the main event or Frankie's. Yeah. yeah. Many Codmouth Kings. We've seen Codmouth Kings there like once every fucking three weeks. <laughs> music festivals on the east side. The yeah. music festivals yeah. used to be lit. Yeah. Yeah, back when it would fucking sell out and shit, and you actually had to buy the tickets and didn't have you had to worry about it. Good times. They were the best of times. Oh man, I feel like the fucking like nineties and like er, like super early two thousands was like probably the best Toledo had ever been. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, it was, I, like whether I, it was hip hop or metal scene, both scenes were oh, popping yeah. really, really big. Right? Yeah, just you know the the scale of like the different. Uh, like citywide events that were just fucking happening all the time, you know. There's just always something fucking going on. Yeah, bigger was, bands were always coming. In oh yeah, too. And the locals were always getting the love with the open slots. Like, oh yeah, I'm pretty sure I could find one right oh, no. here. Very rally by the rivers and everything. Cold chamber, not a cold chamber fan. I went because Lollipop Let's Go opened for them. Yeah, July seventh, two thousand two. Well, we oh, used to go to a lot of concerts back then just because. That's like, a hard hat cafe? Yeah. Yeah. I remember us going to, like, buying tickets for Main Street and Frankie's in the same night and just bouncing back from concerts yeah. and then seeing who would had the better fucking shit just because we, we did that. Like, we were fucking crazy like that when we had money like that. I went to a uh, Lollipop Lusco concert on their very first headlining tour. Uh, they were being presented by Jagermeister, and for your ticket, you got to go to the main stage, which was them, or you could go to Headliner's Little Stage and watch Talib Kweli play. So you got to go either watch a, a legend in hip-hop or a local band, and more people watched the local band. Lollipop was killing it. They were. Idea, they were. Yeah, that they was were. like one of the like, most premier underground, like, rock metal type bands oh, at that yeah. time. I've seen them so many times. Them and fucking uh, Red Wanting Blue and shit here at All Time Low. Hearsay like, was yeah. big. Alloy was big back in Every the day. Every day. Monkey Nut from Columbus was coming up here making noise. Can't forget Everyday Pain was because yep. we we're old Hell's Kitchen fans. All Time Low. Yeah. Classics. You know, one of these bands is going to be listening to this podcast. Like, oh <laughs> shit, we get remembered. They remember us. If anybody is listening, yeah. reunion show. Just saying. Right. I won't be mad. We do remember. <laughs> Hit us up first, though, so we can be involved. That'd be awesome because you know we do we do promotions and concerts once you know the COVID clears up. You know, just saying. You know, it's more than a podcast. Clothing brand. Cough, cough. <laughs>
Cough, cough. Wait, wait, nudge, nudge. <laughs> it, we're, we're doing all kinds of shit. Research and development. Always, always. Fuck. Killer King signing at a Comic Con March 5th and 6th in Indianapolis. Purely speculation. No, no. <laughs> Happening because I'll actually be healthy because, you know, I've just been getting over some shit, unfortunately. A little stomach bug. It was not fun. Especially because, you know, last Wednesday was the kid's birthday. So the Grand Chahi was sick on his fucking birthday. <laughs> couldn't even fucking drink. I still drank. I couldn't, but I still had three shots. <laughs> <laughs> Regretted everyone. May slow him down a little bit. It won't shut him down. Right? Exactly. <laughs> Stop me? For logical reasons? No. Stubborn How always wins. You. Stubborn always wins. Always. Yeah. But younger killer would have probably taken about a bottle and a half, even if he couldn't drink. Um, probably, and he probably would have talked me into fucking pounding down four four locos in a row. Yeah, in the fucking process. The good days. I'm not feeling you. You can do this. You're right. feeling just fine. Right. So let's shuffle through the, the concert stuff memory lane again. Kind of, kind of get back to some more OG stories and stuff because we have a lot of fucked up stories from all of these concerts that. Some of them, yeah, I got him stories. didn't even know. We're friends at the same concert, didn't even know. Yeah. Let's see. You know, before the days where you could just get on a computer and talk to your friend and know it was him and not some weird stranger that hacked them. <laughs> Here was the first Halloween I went to in 05. Oh, nice. Took my brother-in-law for his birthday. It was uh, kind of interesting because instead of opening bands, they decided to have a freak show. Which went well for about 20 minutes. <laughs> yep. And then after an hour and a half, when Juggalo started throwing shit at them while they're dangling chairs from their nipples. Yeah. And, oh, wow. Yeah. You're supposed to sit on those. It, it, it didn't go well. <laughs> right. Then we got another Halloween. It was an after party ticket. A two for one special. Two for That was literally the entire psychopathic roster with the after party of X Murder Boys. Oh, nice. And the interesting story about the after party is Twisted had told a bunch of juggalos to turn around and put their middle fingers in the air during the entire set of the X Murder Boys. Hmm. You know, the group that they later signed. <laughs> so half of the crowd put their middle fingers up and turned around for their entire set. And it was a very surreal experience watching the main group get flipped off by half a crowd in I had, 40 minutes. I had a similar experience. Uh, I couldn't do it for 40 minutes. I'm just saying if I was going to be, you know, on, on Team Hater for that, you know, per se, I'm just saying I'm a fat guy. My arm's not staying up that long. Kudos to those fans that did it. I'm just saying it's fucked up that they did it, but fuck. My arm strength and my core strength is not that heavy. I'm a fat guy. My <laughs> yeah. arm is not staying up that long. That's I don't even do that on stage while I'm rapping. Fuck. You, you see my hands up? No, I, I don't do that. Put your hands in the air and wave it like you just don't care. You know why? Because <laughs> I'm fat and I'm lazy. <laughs> I, I think the, the most fucked up thing I can think of at a show <coughs> uh, that's even close to that is, uh, I think it was like 2005 or 2006. We went down to Cincinnati to see uh, Cottonmouth Kings play. They had uh, 
head PE there. Yep. And fucking, you know, head PE uh, through the speakers isn't bad. But boy, did those motherfuckers get booed the entire time they were on stage. And they just kept fucking playing. Champions. Professionals. Because I know there were some people that actually liked their shit. I was an Ed PE fan. I liked the Blackout album a lot. I used to play the shit out of that. too. Mine was at the gathering, though, where there is a security and bands don't give a fuck. Somebody started booing Head P.E. because uh, the lead singer went out and said people who believe in God are fools. He said that on stage, and somebody booed him. This motherfucker jumped off stage and knocked this fan the fuck out. <laughs> that is the reason Head P.E. is not allowed to play the gathering. Well, also, not a smart move when Juggalos believe in, in yeah. Shangri-La and, and clearly the Dark Carnival is euphemisms for getting to heaven yeah. and shit. So, obviously, they do believe in God. So, you're saying that to a crowd of people who you know disagree. <laughs> yeah, they're invested. It's, they've been talking about this shit. It's deeper than for, face paint for and fango, guys. Years, and you probably do some groundwork. Yeah, the oldest stuff I got is from the Buzz Fest in 98. I was 12. Nice. That was probably my first concert. My first major concert, I remember seeing Static X. Oh, wow. At, nice. at Hard Hat Cafe. All with, fucking Wayne Static. And who was the opener? It was... I got to see him one fucking time, and I regret it because I'm a major Static X fan, too. And I was so fucking drunk underage. I got to see him with Godsmack here. Don't remember anything except the fucking pyro and going, we're in danger, like Ralph. <laughs> like, we're going to burn to death. I'm having Freddy Krueger flashbacks today. And that was like right after the great white pyro fucking fiasco happened. So I'm like, I don't even know how they got this okay. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of surprising. Like, if you go to concerts nowadays, that they allow that shit indoors. Yeah, especially um, after great white. Yeah, because me and my wife went with my father in law. Um, not this past October, but the October uh, before to see Ghost when they were at uh, the Huntington Center. And let me tell you, those motherfuckers are lights pyrotechnics off. Like, I well, was all the way in though. the top back row, and, like, I was still feeling the fucking heat. Like, the people in the front row, they got sunburned. Yeah. Like, they were cooking, dude. Second degree sunburn, it was worth it. It was worth it. No. But let me tell you, those boys, they, they fucking went on stage and they played for like two or three hours straight. No fucking stop. They killed it. And a lot of people don't, you know, don't like Ghost. It's a little obscure, especially for like a mainstream band. But like, boy, do they fucking play. I went and saw Kid Rock here at the Seagate Center. And it was when he had Dickie Betts from the Allman Brothers Band and Rev Run from Rev Run, Run. DMC. And as much as people give this dude shit, and I'm not a big fan of his personal beliefs either, this dude was on stage for three and a half hours, no opening acts, had them come out and do sets with him. It was one of the coolest concerts I've ever been to. I've heard a lot about, uh, you know, Kid Rock being, like, really humble and shit, too. And, like, uh, I heard somewhere that he doesn't even take like a cut of the tickets or anything like no, that. No, like he said that on stage a couple of times. He thanked the fans at least 20 times for spending their money to go and see him. Yeah, like he donates a lot of the money that comes in like directly to like local charities and shit like that and like community outreach shit in Detroit and all that. Yeah, I got to see Kid Rock live uh, here at the Erie Street Market where they were doing yeah, concerts. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, and that was literally the week before uh, – Devil Without a Cause came yeah. out. So right before he got big, big. And at the time, uh, 
my cousin Allison, her one of her friends, uh, shout out to our boy Cricket. He's also friends to uh, my fucking brother that I talked about earlier, too. Uh, Cricket was actually uh, a promoter and shit for Kid Rocks. So I like literally had him try and go get me Kid Rocks fucking autograph. I was just like, bro, you're backstage. Go try and get me Kid Rocks autograph. He was just like, yeah, bro, I'll, I'll try and get you some shit. And, you know, he was like scrambling to find a piece of paper back there because I, I just bought like a $33 Kid Rock shirt. And I was not trying to like come up off the shirt to like in a whim that he could get it signed and I'll run back into him in the concert to get the, the, the shirt back in time. So I was just like, not going to risk it. I'm like, just try and get me signed something. I'm still wearing the shirt though. <laughs> it was the destroy your liver, uh, tour shirt. And I got in trouble at, uh, at, at uh, junior high for wearing that shit. And that's when the ICP t-shirt ban and shit started was because of me and my little juggalo fucking homies because, oh, my God, we're out in the suburbs. We, we must be a little juggalo gang. And then all that fucking bullshit started with, you can't wear the T-shirts at fucking school. And you yeah. can't wear band shirts. Yeah. That all happened because of my older brother corrupting me to corrupt an entire fucking suburb damn near of all of the kids that weren't jocks and, and weren't the, the, the popular uh crowd yeah but out in the suburbs so, like any, any kind of like outcast groups when people they don't think word of mouth uh, works you know back in the day word of mouth worked very well as, very as well. you can tell because it blossomed in a 30 to 45 juggalos heavy wearing t-shirts every day <laughs> but i remember being a kid and before it was juggalos it was the manson heads oh yeah. it was all the gothics well i mean that's like, the one well there wasn't really those either though because no one was really wearing band shirts except for me since third grade yeah, and no one knew they're like why do you wear these weird clowns on your shirt all the time i'd be like don't worry about fuck it. around and find out <laughs> <laughs> i'm like we're not cool enough for you to know my music yet do we hang out outside of school? Then you don't need to know what this clown is because if you fucking tattle on me one of these days when you're pissed at me, I might not be able to wear this shit because, A, I'm in the second and the third grade wearing a ringmaster shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that that whole era of, like, the subsects of, like, outcast fucking, like, groups like the fucking Manson and Toolheads and fucking... You know, juggalo groups was like really prominent in like the early two thousands. I oh, think yeah. that's when it like really took off like oh, that. Oh yeah. But I kind of feel like it was like the juggalo kids that fucking paved the way for that shit though. To for like people to be okay with the fact that like, okay, I'm gonna wear this Manson t shirt. Juggalos didn't give a fuck if you liked it or not. They were gonna exactly. be who they were. And you could hate it, you could stop them, you could harass them, and the next day they were gonna put the same goddamn outfit on you know, <laughs> on the same street. Yup. Yeah, it was a. Uh, I feel like you know, the the. I don't want to call it like the first wave of juggalos because I mean that uh, I don't want to like create two different like yeah. groups there. I hate when when juggalos do that. So the fuck? What if somebody started listening later? Right. Because their uh, their mom's pussy didn't get full of cum before yours. They're supposed to sit there exactly. and be like, God damn it! I know, and I hate saying it like that, but like at the same time, like. It, I really do feel like it was that first wave that like really helped, not just yeah. The there is a difference between the like, new gen and the old old school. Yeah, jugglers. but I mean, you get that with like just different generations yeah. of age groups and shit, anyways. But I think that like really paved the helped pave the way for like uh, the newer era kids to be able to like express themselves like that oh, freely. Because sure. like like he said, you know, with uh, you know the school systems trying to like label 
label as a gang. Like they did that with us too. And I was, you know, a couple of years behind him in school because it kind of like trickled down effect. Yeah. It, it, it kind of yeah. valued out for a while. There were there wasn't like any juggalo kids floating around until you know we came through and then they started having the same problems. But in our time it was the fact that like kids would see us wearing that shit and they'd try fucking with us and we were a little bit rowdy. Absolutely. So you know Fist fights would occur every once in a while because somebody came off a little too strong, and then they're like, "Oh, these kids are a fucking gang, all this other shit." So we tried to do as much groundwork as we could to make it easier for the kids today. There, you know, at least the the newer age. I uh, can only imagine the outrage in schools with social media was around when I was growing up. Oh fuck! We would have been able. These motherfucking kids nowadays want to bitch about bullies on social media. Guess what? We dealt with bullies every day in the classroom. Yeah, but we bully the, the bullies, and that's why we're the outcasts. Yes. Yeah. Then we underground clicked up together. See how yeah, yeah. We call that a segue. Yeah. <laughs> Segway back, brother. <laughs> Full circle. That's what we do here. Man. They were mad we were wearing shirts. Imagine yeah. we had social media pages with all the all the kids in school dedicated to bands. And well, I mean, like back when I was in high school, it was like the heyday of like MySpace and shit when you could actually customize that shit and have like music playlists and everything and like design your backgrounds and shit. And there was like very clear motherfuckers that were, you know, listening to some obscure shit. Oh yeah. Right. But yeah, yeah. good old underground. So yeah, started with a clown shirt. Now we're here. (laughs) (laughs) Just clowning in a different way. Right. Remember going on Bagel Lovers every Friday, trying to look for the weekly free please from ICP. Fat or whack, baby. Yeah, trying to find out what's what's going on. The ICP hotline number. Fucking hotlines. The fucking uh, fan clubs. All the different fucking fan clubs. I mean it. Back then, man, when like a group of us got together, though, it was always a fucking good time. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, fun. It was rowdy. Everybody left sticky because of Fago. Right. Well, with like our Juggalo clan, we had fucking 12 to 16 of all of us were riding like deep. So it was like literally 14 of us walking all in ICP. Ah, you can pack that many into a Cavalier. Let's roll. I know, but back then, none of us had fucking whips. We, didn't have, <laughs> we were fucking 14, bro, hustling shit to just get our ticket money because, you know, we weren't like rich kids that could afford these tickets. Right. Like, we legit fucking were like slaying shit to the local record we stores. We were the poor kids of the suburbs. We weren't exactly. the wealthy ones. <laughs> grass and all kinds of shit. Accidentally selling half of our fucking CD collection like dumbasses to see the fucking concert. We did that many a times. Many a times we learned our lesson finally when me and rest is rest is soul Kevin O'Donnell went up to fucking Allied Records and he literally put like two hundred dollars worth of brand new CDs like back when Britney Spears and shit came out and fucking NSYNC all of that shit all of his like top hip hop shit that he knew was going to fucking sell real quick traded it all in didn't even get enough for the fucking fourteen dollar ticket. And then he went back with another hundred plus worth of merch. And I was just like, bro, we're never doing this shit again. Yeah. Like, we were just dumb kids. Like, it's nothing to to allied or anything on them, you know, because, you know, they've hooked us up many a times before, but it was just this time they were teaching us the lesson. Like, hey, it's really not that important to see every show, especially when at the end of the day, yeah, it was hype. And then we're like, man, that shit was live. 
let's go listen to it. And then we're like, fuck, we just sold all those Cottonmouth King records to get to the <laughs> fucking show. <laughs> now we have nothing to listen to. They taught us a valuable lesson that day. Yeah, back before you could just stream everything and shit. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. Yeah, before it was easily accessible. Back when you had to hustle up another $18.99 to get one of them back. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't tell you how many hours I spent on a computer burning CDs. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I work with this guy. I wouldn't want to. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> I, I work with this guy. Uh, Underground click clothing and shit does not agree with. <laughs> I work with it's this guy in his early 20s. And uh, me and him fucking went out to lunch one day. And, you know, I was flipping through the CDs and he looked over and he's like, what are those? And I pulled it out. I was like, dude, it's a burned CD. And he's like, wow, I haven't seen those, like anybody have those in forever. I was like, dude, some of these fucking CDs have probably been burned since before you even had pee with Right. Like, <laughs> I've had these fucking things forever. Yeah, CDs older than both my kids and I got a 16-year-old. Right. <laughs> yeah, back when we first start, all started learning about that shit, all you had to do was wait for one homie to get a copy of that shit and everybody had it. Yeah. Not me. Uh, I was bougie. I had to have it. I was just like, no, I don't want to burn copies and I'll be lazy and never buy it. And then I'll fall behind on my record collection back when I had one. Yeah. Back when you needed one. <laughs> yeah, you needed the books and everything, man. All right. But you got to get the book. We got to get the hot. How many visors do you have in your car full of CDs? <laughs> <laughs> No, get me the other booklet. Why? Because this, this is the alternative rock booklet. I need the underground rap booklet. Several yeah. accidents happened because people were shuffling through their CD collection. Yeah, when they, had this, when they still had like those big, giant fucking like tomes of uh, books of them. But yeah, speaking of shuffling through, we're going to shuffle back through that uh, concert deck, and we're going to come back with you uh, at, at the second part of the segment right after this. Welcome back to part two. We're going to shuffle back through. Motherfucking concert deck of memories and see see what uh other stories we can conjure back up from the old memory banks of looking back at these old concert uh stubs and shit. Shuffle, shuffle, fall. Shuffle, shuffle. Got some twisted stubs signed by Potluck. Oh, nice. Yeah, Potluck was fucking cool, especially the couple of times I got to meet them. Fucking uh, yeah, they were real humble dudes. Yeah. No pun intended with them being from Humble County. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw them. I saw Twisted uh, yeah, Headliners when those riots in North Toledo were going down. Yeah. Yeah, I saw. I was at that show. Were you? Yep. Yeah. yeah. And it was super fucking early. Oh, man. Uh, well, I got into a fight with this big dumb motherfucker in the hospital. <laughs> You know, Masha back then, like, everybody was kind of kicking the shit out of each yes. other. But this dude was, like, full-on, like, grabbing motherfuckers and just punching them clean out. Yeah. I remember, yeah, I remember that, that motherfucker. So that fucking dude, he yeah, elbowed tap, me tap, right shoulder punch, that guy. He fucking elbowed me right <laughs> across the mouth, dude, and sat me on my ass. And, like, by the time I got up, he was, like, walking away. So I was like, man, fuck that. Like, this dude's being a dick. He's hurting people and shit. So I fucking went up, and I tapped on his shoulder, and he turned around. And I, like, jumped up, grabbed his shirt, and, like, pulled in for a Superman punch and splattered this motherfucker's nose hmm. like a fucking water. Was it back by the bathroom? No, it was, like, no. right up, like, center and, like, right. Of the I stage. remember watching somebody get fucked up by the bathroom during that show. Oh. It, that show got a little rowdy for it only being at, like, half capacity because, for whatever reason, people didn't want to show up. Oh, there's riots going on. We oh, don't that be and ABK was supposed to be there, and he got arrested on the way down. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the Project Dead Man set 
uh, during that show. Yeah. It was pretty dope. Yeah, that was dope. Prozac's just a dope artist, though, yeah. man. Um, I remember fucking going to that show all hypey and leaving, and the sun was still fucking out. Yeah. Man. Like, what the fuck? Well, like, <laughs> what really had me fucked up was like, we were hypey and pre underage wasted. We didn't, we didn't get uh, oh, yeah. sneak drinks there, but we did kill bottles in the parking lot like oh, ruffians. Yeah. <laughs> so we were fucking hype, wasted, so, like, still like, fuck, we got time to go get another bottle. End of the show, fucking rolled around and, uh, you know, Twisted, they had, like, packs of water bottles out there. I don't know if you remember. They were just, mm-hmm. like, handing water bottles out to everybody and shit because, you know, show was ending kind of early because, yeah. you know, set got cut short. Curve fucking all that curfews shit. and all that shit. So they felt bad. So, like, they were trying to be nice. So they were, like, you know, hydrating us and shit. Mm-hmm. So everybody's, like, walking out of this fucking place. And I was there with Joel and fucking Bobo and shit. And uh, the security guards were the other juggalo homies I would meet fucking 12 years later. Yeah, <laughs> fucking the security guard stopped us, tried stopping us for having water bottles. And it's like, dude, like you, you guys literally just watched them hand us these water bottles, like it's not like there's vodka or anything in there. Yeah, so they tried coming after Joel. And Joel's big ass turned around and fucking just busted this fucking water bottle right on the security guard's face, man. <laughs> And fucking, I just grabbed him by the fucking belt loop and just pulled him out the fucking place. Like, we gotta go. We gotta go. <laughs> we got to go. It's one thing to kick somebody's ass in the mosh pit, but to fucking start a fight with security, don't do that, buddy. Back in our day, you knew you were a friend of somebody if they snuck up behind you and pushed you in the mosh pit. Oh, yeah. That's how I ended up in that fucking mosh pit because I was like sitting there. I was waiting for a good spot to get in there. You know, shit's cooking around people are getting kicked in the fucking chest all that shit and my buddy just comes up behind me and boop pushes me right into it face first and while we're speaking of concerts and being a big guy hey you little fuckers quit using your big guy to push it into people <laughs> we don't like that we don't want to be your dick you want to be a dick be a dick we're not battering rams motherfucker we have feelings too I know you can attest to this, sir. How many times has your skinny little friend who would never go up to the guy in front of you and do it by himself just start pushing you into him? Like, make him move. Yeah, we need to get closer to the stage. Or, hey, lift me up. No, I don't care if you crowd surf tonight. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, the lift me ups, yeah. Hobbies, hobbies. There's a bad story about that because one time at at, at the Tech Nine show with with the potluck, uh, yeah, there, there's some bad uh, uh, stories about. Uh, Are you talking about a headliner small stage? Yeah, yeah. Where when... people kept falling and Tech Nine stopped his set because he was laughing. No, no, I'm talking about. Uh, there was a rock band on. I forget the Critical rock... Bill. Yep, yep, Critical Bill, and. Uh, uh, there was some like hot chick fucking crowd surfing. And then for some reason, we were like at the back left of the small stage at the time. And she's crowd surfing back there at the time when I get her finally, you know, she, she's getting past. I grab her like firmly by like the waist and shit. And then everybody scatters around me. Like everybody. So I'm like passing her off and everyone's gone. It's too late. 
She gets fucking pile driven and cracks her fucking skull right in fucking front of me. I'm like, oh shit, I just pile drive this poor little girl accidentally because everybody that was helping me crowd surf got their gropes in like unfortunate bastards and left me fucking hanging there when I'm trying to properly crowd surf this fucking poor girl and you all abandon it after you guys fucking grope this poor girl at the end of the fucking crowd you know surf. fucked up. And she gets her fucking skull cracked. Okay. And then we go and meet fucking potluck right no, after that. No, like, hey, there's is, problems. <laughs> is it the four people with you that I know that just kind of scattered on you? No, no. One of them was uh, Big J Creeper, the other half of the Headhunters, back when I did the horrorcore rap that I haven't really talked about here on the podcast. But now you know. But, yeah, back then when I was in a rap group with him, he was one of the people, and he just looked at me dumbfounded like he just did the fat kid test on his dad's car and broke the bumper with one fat kid knee <laughs> and looked at me dumbfounded like a motherfucker. He gave me the same dumbfounded look. I'm like, bro, what the fuck? I'm like, you guys all scattered. I was just like, there's literally 30 people around me at least. Like, I wasn't at the edge of the crowd at all when this fucking happened. The crowd just left in that fucking section, and I ended up being the end of the crowd real fucking quick. It was not a good look. You know what's fucked up is the first time I seen Tech 9 it was in in Cincinnati at Bogart's during the Wicked Wonka tour. Um, It was Bone Thugs and Harmony, Tech 9, Cotton Mouth Kings, and the Wicked Wonka tour. Fucking during Tech 9 set. Same fucking thing happened. Some girl was crowd surfing, and next thing you know, this bitch ends up on her fucking head. Splits her shit open, has to get carried out of there, all that shit. Like, riot maker. <laughs> Every fucking time. Every time he went on stage. Yeah. And that was fucking, what, 2004? Yeah. 2005, maybe. That's why I thought I was guilty of that lyric in Riot Maker, because... My crowd surf with the crowd or skull crack did not happen during his set, just like the lyric happened. But Sorry, Tech. <laughs> that was that was not. It was not my fucking fault. I actually know that story, and that happened during one of uh, Project Dead Man's sets. Okay. So that was not at that time. Well, that's good to know now. Now that the whole you, fucking you can world have the knows. Clear <laughs> Our listeners in Italy are going to be very disappointed. They'll be like, Oi. Now this girl's going to be listening, and she's going to be like, yeah, he did do that. Now I can go back and sue him. Like, Tech 9 I'm coming after you now. Number one independent music in the world. Yeah, but I, I, I you know, I, I, we don't have that kind of money here, so. <laughs> don't put us in that same boat, because we ain't no we'll get you a cherry shit. Pepsi and a pat on the back. Yeah. Half a cherry Pepsi. <laughs> Half a cherry Pepsi, and it's been sitting in the fridge for a couple days. Fucking cherry Pepsi in my house. I don't know whose house you're stealing this cherry <laughs> Pepsi from. I appreciate it's not from Killer King's fridge. <laughs> we Pepsi around this bitch. <laughs> Standard classic. Yeah. Pepsi Cola. Yeah, it was uh, actually at that same show that I met Taxman too. Like I, I yeah. stepped outside and uh because I mean back then you like you get so many fucking people inside the venues that like there was just too much heat. Mm-hmm. And I sweat my ass off. I go outside for a little bit, come walking back in, and I like cut around the corner and like almost ran like directly into the poor little guy. Mm-hmm. And I like looked down. And I was like, "Damn, dude, you're fucking small." And he's like, "Well, you're kind of fucking big." <laughs> <laughs> so we had a good chuckle about that, and then uh, I ended up smoking a little bit of a blunt with him that night too. So that was pretty cool, and I met some of the fucking road crew and shit. Right. Yeah, we, we got to run into them a lot, especially because our little Juggalo crew went to all the meet and greets for all the Cottonmouth Kings concerts. Because, like, 
for a good like three years, four years, maybe Cottonmouth Kings was bouncing back and forth between uh, the main event and like Frankie's like religiously. Like I said, like damn near every three weeks we were there seeing Cottonmouth Kings doing some new shit with uh, Taxman and Corporate Avenger and shit. So we got to run into them a lot. Well, yeah, you got a couple music videos here in Toledo shot by Cottonmouth, one at the Seagate Center. Yep. Then they, uh, they also had one from the bus where they're driving into Toledo through the east side. Yeah, yeah, right over the high-level bridge. Yep. And it was Facts. Endless Highway, maybe? Yep. Uh, but not only that, should, should we tell them the, the story about how two of our friends miraculously would get underage drunk kicked out of 90% of our shows and still <laughs> sneak the fuck back in like some ninjas? These are stories that need to be told, I think. Just tell them. <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, I mean, Roger and fucking uh, good old, uh, what, what what of our nicknames should we use for him on the podcast? I really don't know. I mean, he's got so many. He's a man of many different names. Yeah, yeah, good old Samurai. But yeah, Samurai there, expert drunk tech technician. He okay. even once got kicked out, stole a 40 ounce from a bum in between the Marcos and the main event in the in between the little gap where there was a gap between them buildings, snuck in the backstage area with the 40 and then started chugging it in the face of the security and did not get kicked out again. <laughs> At this concert, too, he also got so wasted by the end of the concert, maybe about five acts in, he's literally white girl wasted, passed out on the front of the stage. Like where the monitor should be? No, that's where our boy is, drunk, Staring at the fucking lights, sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) If we're going to talk about him, let's just talk about the last Twisted show we were all at together. Oh, my God. Oh, the one where I opened? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Here in Toledo. I mean, when they got into the venue, they were holding each other up. Oh, God. Yeah. Literally holding each other up. That's how you know the pregame was good. (laughs) I think that's an understatement. (laughs) I think they were pre-gaming like it was the actual game. Oh, yeah. And when they get in there, <laughs> he sees a girl that is looking at him the wrong way. So instead of walking away, he went and busted her in the mouth. Oh, no. Yeah, You're not supposed to do that. He got thrown out. <clears throat> I'm outside smoking. And he jumped the fence and got back in. This venue was a little easier. Back in the day, the main event was really a feat to sneak back in. And they got kicked out of the main event one concert. No exaggeration. Three times. Snuck in three more times successfully. Sneaking in as part of the road crew one of the time. I watched it happen because I'm coming back from the pisser that was like behind the stage at the main event at the time. Where the back door to the back exit in the Marco's Pizza was at the time. So I'm coming out of there. I'm literally watching my 14, 15-year-old friends, the smallest of them that didn't pass like they were of age at all to be at these concerts, unlike the rest of our crew that were getting, you know, offered alcohol because they thought we were 21. We're like, dude, we are not 21. Like, we are pre-drunk. We we, we, we respected the venue back then to, to actually take underage drinks from directly from the bar. We came pre-game wasted. To, to, to these okay, shows, like gentlemen. Fairness, like gentlemen. How many of our friends would sit there and watch people order drinks and as soon as they turn their heads, just go like that and grab their drink and walk away? <laughs> no comment. 
I actually haven't I'm not this. this. And if I did, I was really fucking drunk and I just was not there. I didn't realize it was happening. Man. <laughs> Want to talk about pregame drunk. All right, so uh, me and a group of people, we went to uh, the Big Money Rustlers uh, woo, premiere woo. event at the Fillmore in Detroit. Dead a fucking winner. Colder than shit. So we all figure, like, hey, we're going to fucking pregame, you know, when we get there, Ooh. standing in the line. So Donald, uh, dog boy's fucking uh, stepdad, this motherfucker pounds down an entire bottle of old crow. Wearing a t-shirt and fucking jeans. <laughs> this motherfucker's passed out on the sidewalk and it's fucking like 18 degrees outside. He's just fucking sleeping it off. And, and in Detroit, guys, that is a cold, cold, cold 18 fucking degrees. Oh, yeah, it is because fucking that, windy yeah, downtown. Whipping boy. all the fucking around. Oh, my Lord. So we get it. Uh, we finally get in there. We were standing outside for like maybe an hour and a half easily. So we get inside. We get to our seats up in like the top balcony area. We sit through this whole fucking movie, and Donald's sitting next to me, like, audibly snoring, it, like, the whole fucking time. And this dude's so goddamn drunk that he didn't even realize that he missed the whole fucking movie. Mm-hmm. So, like, when the end credits roll, and, like, everybody's, like, clapping and cheering, this motherfucker jumps up, and he's clapping. He's like, oh, that was, like, the fucking greatest movie ever, man. Dude, no. <laughs> you are fucking way too cooked for this. <laughs> and he's not a big guy, either. Yeah, you know he he doesn't have a fucking lick of body fat, man. So he was fucking drunk, drunk. He programmed too hard, played himself, missed out on the whole fucking event. Right, it happens. Yeah, I I remember uh, the only time we had to pregame like super bad was a couple of years ago. Was uh, <laughs> I was uh, rushing from getting ready after my 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 day job and shit. So we were rushing up to fucking uh, see Fright Fest and shit up in Detroit, I think it was a couple of years ago. And uh, we literally had a bottle of Crown Royal Black, and we put it in a McDonald's cup and maybe like a splash of uh, Cotton Candy Fago. All right, now now let's be fair with the term splash here is like three or four drops. Normally a splash, if we're talking like a Renfair splash to us, that's like a quarter equivalent, like literally a, a quarter coin out of your out of your pocket size drop of cola. So <laughs> so this would be maybe about a shot worth, I would say. So about an ounce worth of cotton candy on top of this uh Crown Royal Black. And we're like Oh, yeah, you know, it's a concert. They always let you in late. No, this is the first time that I ever seen a concert actually let in on fucking time. So we're pulling up, and we're like, oh, shit, the line is literally that was wrapped around the corner. It was going fast as fuck. So we're literally just sitting there fucking, like, power chugging these medium cups of fucking McDonald's that we hit our fucking liquor in with our our, our splash of cotton candy fango. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, by the time I got to the door... Then we got our concert ticket scanned because we like pre-bought them a couple of days ago. So we just had them on the phone. It was a little scan, boom, walk in. That's when the drunkness hit me like a fucking, like a Ollie or Frazier fucking punch to the fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, boom, okay, we're here. I'm drunk now. <laughs> so that was the only ridiculous pregame that I've ever had to do for, for a concert. Normally ridiculous pregames we do for uh my other job for for the uh, the, the leather works and uh, when we do the rent fairs because at the time my little brother 
convince me that you're supposed to down a whole big bottle of crack in between two people oh. before the opening cannon of Red Fair. <laughs> so we used to go real fucking day drunk to the Red Fairs. So that's the only time we had to like super, super pregame to the point where we would have been like our buddies. Yeah, I remember going to an ABK concert before I decided to stop at a bar because I didn't feel like paying bar prices for beer. 20 minutes, I drank four pitchers. By the time I got to Frankie's, I was on my knees outside sitting there spinning. <laughs> yep. So uh did some extracurriculars, made myself feel a little bit better, oh, got through that shit. A little, little jump, if you will. Sometimes I had to make some rebounds. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, the shows at Frankie's, man. The ticket to those is if you really wanted to be fucked up while you got while you were there, you walk in that fucking door, and the second you walk into where the fucking bar counter is, you ask him for every fucking two dollar PBR tall boy they have. I did that at the Ritz concert, and I was walking around with an armful of these fucking things, putting them down, tossing the can away, open the next one. I'm sure somebody probably has a video of my dumbass in my fucking yeah. Stormtrooper Star Wars jersey yeah. fucking with an armful of PBRs in the middle of the fucking crowd flinging beer at all yeah. other people. It was one of his openers was like right there in the crowd fucking with us instead of staying up on stage the whole time. I was some fucking drunk, buddy. That's the way to do it at Frankie's. Yeah. Get every fucking PBR they got. Walk up, ask. How many you got? I'll take them all. Yeah, the only time I got... Like that, that super drunk would be when we went up to Harpo's to see Guar, and that's when the mosh pit got real, real bad. And my buddy didn't want to admit that it was me, but I accidentally just fucking swole up my buddy's eye that drove me there. Like I got pushed from the dude, you know, that one dude in the pit that can't be moved, can't be knocked down. You run into him full fucking force, dude. This dude doesn't budge. That guy. So. I actually get enough speed, and I actually fucking knock the big bastard down. And then he gets back up faster than shit, like quicker than a hiccup, like damn near kips up like fucking Shawn Michaels, like that quick, like blink an eye, and this big bastard's back up and at me. He pushes me back, and then I, like, wicked elbow back, and I just, like, boom, and I just feel impact on my elbow. I'm like, ah, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I think I fucking, like elbowed a fucking speaker mount or some shit like metal as fuck i couldn't find my buddy for about a good 40 minutes and when i did find him he was like sitting on this the, the stairs of the harpos because you know how it's like stadium style so he's on like one of those right next to the bar just sipping a big ass beer with his fucking head down in to feed him like hey what happened buddy and he didn't have the heart to tell me. It took me like a year to put back together that I accidentally was the one that caused him to have his, his Rocky Balboa swollen shut fucking eye that he then had to drunk drive with fucking one eye it, swollen cut shut it. from Detroit. And we was fucking drunk that night, like super drunk. <clears throat> like that that was our first in with, with Guar to, to eventually, you know, get to be uh, roadies for a couple of gigs for them down the road it was the next time we met them at, at the harpos that they were like get in the fucking van we're going but you forgot to mention how you uh, had a designated driver because you never would drink and drive correct no because i never had my license <laughs> <laughs> loophole for killer king on that my buddy drunk and drove with a swollen eye i already admitted to this there's no turning back you can't turn back that clock pandora don't go back in the box 
only comes out. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been a real fucking sketchy journey home from Detroit to Toledo with a, a one drunk motherfucker with one wow. operable eye. <laughs> like, uh. literally, Muse, he was just like, take about a foot off of you and then shrink your body frame just like two more clicks on a creative player. Oh, fuck. So he was like skin and bone, like already. And then with a swollen lumped eye, like literally the only fat to his his body and his frame was the fat swollen around the poor dude's <laughs> eyes. Like that was it. That was and that wasn't smoke. even fat, that was fluids. <laughs> that was getting your ass kicked fluids built up in there. Yeah. Good God. Poor little fella. Nope. Shouldn't have done that. He's just a boy. Shouldn't have done that. Exactly. But yeah. He was a good road buddy because me and him went to many of many a metal shows on the road because you know his brother never wanted to go with him out out on the road. He was scared. I don't want to go to spend three hours in, in the thing just to see the show to stand for seven hours. That's part of the journey. It is. Uh, you know, and back then it wasn't like. And back then I should have put two and two together. If he was that lazy that he didn't want to do that to go see a show. I probably shouldn't have invested that much time in my rap career with him. Just saying. Well, I mean, but like back then, like 2020 in hindsight, there was a lot of acts that like did not come through fucking Toledo. They were yeah. everywhere else around. Like they were blacklisted or some shit. Yeah, or, or like they were afraid that they were going to get infected by some kind of zombie virus or some shit if they stepped right. foot in here. So like a lot of really good shows you had to go out of your fucking way to get to. Yeah, you know, like going down to Cincy to fucking Bogarts for like all the shows that they were throwing there before you know big name bands were starting to fucking show up around here and shit. Like you had to make that fucking three and a half hour journey there, and guess what, motherfucker, you're either driving home or you're staying the night somewhere. Right. You know, there have been plenty of times we fucking got a hotel room just over the border in Kentucky and shit. Facts. But back then, like you had to be dedicated to fucking get to shows. Right. Nowadays, you know, especially with all these fancy new uh, uh, arenas that we have floating around and fucking all these venues that we have nowadays that didn't exist fucking back then. You know, it, you only got a certain number of things. Fortunately, you yeah, know, you'd still had like Twisted and ICP when ICP was still allowed in town. Yeah, but you got to think through and shit. in the heyday of our concerts that we were talking about for locally, we had fucking... Headliner slash hard hat. We had the main event. We had Frankie's. Then we had the fucking Omni. We also had Club Bijou. We had like five or six to seven solid fucking venues where a lot of fucking concerts came. We don't have that anymore. We got the Huntington Center. We used to get really big bands at uh, Promenade Park back in the day. Oh, yeah. Party at the Park. Yeah, Party at the Park, Rally by the River, all that shit. Fucking rib-offs, all that shit. (laughs) Seen Weird Al for free at the ribboff. Yeah. Fucking Mario Speedwagon, man. Ted Nugent, fucking uh, Motley Crew. I got to see for free at the fucking ribboff, too. And, you know, and my dad, he would not miss those things for the fucking world. So I got to see a lot of, like, I guess, old school fucking bands from, you know, his time. Oh. You know, when he was a teenager, fucking going yeah. to those things with him. But, like, that kind of shit doesn't fucking happen around here no more. And when they try, they try to charge you money just to get in the door. Right. Yeah, I'll I'll stand right outside this street and I'll hear it for free. (laughs) Right. 
AKA when the zoo amphitheater has the big bands in. <laughs> yeah, you can just fucking see it through the fence anyway. So. Or I have a family membership. I'm just going to go to the zoo after hours at night and we're at the concert. <laughs> yep, I'm, I'm at the aquarium. I, I, I don't see the concert, but but I hear it. Uh, I'm just going <laughs> to stand out in front of the, the aquarium exhibit. Are you threatening me? <laughs> oh, man. Hey, that'll be a. I think that'll be fucking great the first time that we can get back to something that resembles normalcy and fucking start having, you know, bigger, more volume shows yeah. around here, man. Because I. I Everybody that I know, they're just kind of fucking stagnating at this point, just waiting for something to fucking happen. And nobody wants to make the wrong move and go to, you know, because there are some establishments that aren't kind kind of aren't being, you know, too stringent on the fucking COVID restrictions. And, you know, that's a problem. But you want to be that guy, you know what I mean? And they have cancel calls here. Right. You know, it's like I don't want to fucking like be the poopy pants and spoil anybody's good time. But. I mean, some of these venues are doing it to themselves, Yeah, you know, because there are there are more than enough poopy pants out there to fucking get everything shut down. And that's only going to make know, I tried to do one show about a year ago for charity and so many people were bitching about it. They had to cancel it. What was even about a Tech Nine show? Tech Nine fucking always because, puts oh, on he's an trying awesome to spread COVID. He's trying to spread COVID. How, why would you perform during COVID? Like. That's how people look at it. You got half the people who are going to be like, yeah, go you. Half the people are going to be pissed off no matter what you decide right yeah. now. Uh, it, it'll just be nice to be past yes. past this whole COVID ordeal. I'm ready to fucking gather again. Right. Fucking this man. shit is fucking ridiculous. You because know, uh, one big part of like going to these shows is the time that you have with your buddies that you went with. Or like the random people that you meet at these shows that you don't even know, but you have an awesome time with those yeah. people. Yeah, that's why I always tell people, even if you don't like ICP, go to a gathering of Juggalos. It'll oh, yeah. The best fucking time you ever have in your life. Yeah, even if it's not your type of music, you show up to a Juggalo show, it's like all love in there, man. Every fucking time. You know, yeah. you mean some of the coolest people. Yeah, some of the most laid back fucking people I've ever had. To Where else can you around. go? Walk into a main stage and see a car have to get towed out by three different tow trucks as they destroyed it for stealing from people. <laughs> right. I'm just saying. Right. Juggalo justice. There's one thing <laughs> you can't do. Or seeing an opener fuck up and hearing the chance of you fucked up. Yep. You will never forget. I can that. still hear the fucking echoes of people of chanting that at shows. You fucked up. I'm so you glad that the, the times that I've got to grace the Juggalo community that they have not done that when when I've been too hype and they've noticed that hey, it's because I'm getting way too hype. Like I'm doing the job of me plus the hype man, and I'm guilty of that. So, so what you're saying is I wasn't in attendance when that happened? No, no, <laughs> you were. You was just working the merch booth around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> That makes sense. Yeah. Another gear in the machine. Exactly. I and it's one thing that like really stuck out before all this COVID bullshit is that like the underground music scene in this fucking city was fucking jumping. Yeah. Like every week, fucking you could fucking point in a random direction anywhere you were in the city and you'd find a show. Yeah, absolutely. It'll get back there. It's getting back there slowly. I see more shows happening here locally with the hip-hop and stuff. 
I want to see more shows where phones aren't allowed in the venues. Make them watch the show. Yeah. Get off your phone. Quit Too many people recording them the and taking pictures and shit. Enjoy the experience. I've already died on that hilltop trying to enforce that guy so well. Yeah, yeah. That, that doesn't work very well. And I've even like pulled the artist aside and told them why it's beneficial that this doesn't happen. But it's hard to do. And how are you going to get $1,000 phones out of people's hands and then they, they trust you with their phones? Let's be real. <laughs> they do it at But the on that, underground click, we're going to have to come back to you. On that 